morning, everybody. And welcome to Ignite Radio Live. Stephanie and Greg Schleter here with you on Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. live tonight. Over the five mighty, mighty stations, stations of, Annunciation of Annunciation Radio. I took your line. And we are very blessed to be with you wherever you're at. Amen. Whatever you're experiencing, whatever is going on in your life, the greatest prayer is Lord. The Latin root Lord Dome is in to have dominion. Jesus is Lord of all over heaven and earth. Even though we read the papers, we see a lack of submitting to his lordship. But he is Lord of it all. And right now he invites us to entrust ourselves to his lordship together. So wherever you're at right now, we invite you to join us in seeking his lordship. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus. You read our hearts, you know our minds, you fashioned us for yourself, God. You want to be powerful in our lives, Jesus. You want to make your presence known that we will fall deeper in love with you, Lord God. And we surrender, God. We surrender. We surrender our anxieties. We surrender our concerns. We surrender our doubts and our fears right now, Lord Jesus. To profess you as Lord, as the one who has dominion over all things. We give you permission, God. We give you permission to have total control over our territories. Claim them, Lord. Conquer them. We are yours. Our marriages, our families, our workplaces, our city, our world, our government officials. Lord, all of it is yours. We submit them all to you in the name, in your name, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through you. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So I was thinking the other day, uh, we don't watch NBA basketball, uh, and I don't fault anybody who does. Just too much whining for me in the 1990s. Sorry, I just have to say it. When $5 million isn't enough. All right, I digress. God loves him, too. He's Lord over it. But Stephen Curry, some pretty, Im- some pretty impressive uh, athletes who give great witness to Christ. Stephen Curry, I believe, being one of them. And, uh, folks, I want you to imagine, here's a superstar regarded as probably the best outside shooter ever in the NBA. Now, imagine Stephen Curry sitting on the bench of, the of let's say, grade school team. And it uh, doesn't get in the game. And if he does get in the game, they make him shoot layups. And they make him take his turn and all of that. I think that scenario is somewhat like our world today in that God has given us a superpower in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, conferred upon you and me by virtue of baptism and confirmation. And the world around us has not experienced it, and it's hungry for it. It's hungry for, if you will, the equivalent of Stephen Curry, to come in and take control, to come in and uh, dominate, if you will, that root word again, Lord, dominion, to dominate. God wants to have dominion. He wants to dominate this planet for him. And that he chooses to do through you and me. He chooses us to take control. We experienced, if you will, uh, a strong dose of that um, at our recent uh, Ignite Praying with Fire conference. It's happening everywhere, but we had a powerful experience on Pentecost, the third anniversary of Ignite. Over 200 people came, and uh, I have to just say, folks, it was a great, uh, wonderful experience of many there, taking God at his word in the fullness of our Catholic faith, and uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, seeing healing take place. We're still hearing those stories. And so if you missed it, or if you did come, 
And uh, you, you desire in your heart to follow what the popes have said, to seek a baptism in the Holy Spirit. All recent popes have asked us to seek this baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's not a sacrament. It's fanning the flame of the grace of, uh, of our baptism and confirmation. If you seek this baptism of the Holy Spirit that stirs it all up, that stirs up that grace alive in us, that God can do great things through us, fix your eyes on June 5th and go to setablaze.eventbrite.com. Setablaze.eventbrite.com. If you are going to keep doing this, so we've got Spark, which is a meal plus a message, takes folks who are skeptical and puts them in a place of uh, being open. And then we've got Ignite that takes folks, hopefully, who are open and brings them to a place of being eager from that encounter with Jesus Christ before the Blessed Sacrament. And then ablaze is this really uh, fullness of our Catholic faith encounter of letting the Holy Spirit transform our minds and hearts and lives and work through us, is to take the eager and make us engaged. So again, go to setablaze.eventbrite.com if this speaks to you right now. If you're hungry for a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit or just looking for support and encouragement and living it out abundantly. So um, tonight we got an exciting lineup for you. In just a moment, we're going to bring on my good friend Jim Lang, who is a very prayerful, spiritual guy, but he's smart. He's smart. You know, <laughs> Why the but? And no but. He's, he, he's, well, he, he brings insight and wisdom to his spirituality and our spirituality and how it can be lived practically. He leads an organization called Truth at Work that gathers together very smart business leaders throughout this whole region who commit to this, and they are a context of support and encouragement to become excellent in their areas of work. And uh, the miracles that he shares with me are unbelievable. Another talk, another time, but he's going to be with us in a moment. And uh, he's going to share with us something. We, we, we're privileged to go to lunch, uh, not often enough, but um, fairly frequently, once a month. And uh, he shared with me, uh, as we'll share different notes on things that inspired us in books and such, and he shared with me something a while ago uh, Barna's research uh, on 10 stops in the spiritual life. So stay tuned because you're going to find this, I think, very relevant and impactful. And then later on, we're going to hear from Connor Flanagan sharing the background to one of his songs. And you're going to hear Connor over the next four weeks to set up uh, another exciting event coming up this summer, Ignite Catholic Family Festival on August 13th. So... With no further ado, and by the way, tonight um, we have Ignite going on at St. Jerome. So uh, welcome if you're joining us, coming out of that wonderful community. That's again where we had our uh, Ignite Praying with Fire conference, and we'll be returning to on June 5th. Again, setablaze.eventbrite.com. Uh, Ignite's taking place all over, and so blessed by these communities, these pastors and leaders who are saying yes to first and foremost becoming that kind of community, that the one can become 12, can become 72. So keep them in your prayers and us as we endeavor to seek God's grace and live it out fully. And if you want more info on that, you, can, you know where to find us, massimpact.us. So uh, let's welcome Jim Lang with no further ado. How are you doing tonight, brother? I am doing great. Thanks, Greg. How are you? Very good. Good evening, Jim. Welcome. Hi, Stephanie. So what, before we dive into this, I set it up a little bit. We were blessed to have you at least once on our radio program before and talking about the truth at work. But I'm just going to ask you off the cuff, what's the good word, Jim? What's going on? What's God saying to you right now? Well, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, great stuff going on. But what God has been really saying to me for a number of years is that it really all starts with intimacy with him. And mm-hmm. that that is of paramount importance, especially in today's day and age. And it's something that is uh, so 
difficult to seem to get to a place of intimacy with him because of all the other distractions, but it is of paramount importance. Amen. Amen and we that. could we could spend hours talking about that, and I know it will weave through tonight. So I set this up, Jim, a little bit by um, saying that it stuck with me. In our conversations, you had shared this um, concept, and just set it up for us. What is what is this 10 Stops all about? Well, let me, let me set it up, first of all, by saying this, that uh, George Barna, so you, you had mentioned Truth at Work, and we hold an annual conference every fall in November. It's a one-day event, and the very first event that we held four years ago, George Barna was the keynote speaker. Wow. And this is called the America's Best Hope event, and we, we broadcast it live into Toledo here. It's, it's just a, a great, great event. And so at this, this particular uh, conference, Barna spoke, and I've got to be honest, I thought this was going to be a talk that I could kind of check emails on and because I thought it would be a bunch of statistics. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was perhaps the most in-depth talk on discipleship that I had ever heard. Wow. And, you know, he had talked about the fact that, that as believers, I mean, he, he studies the church. He studies the body of Christ. He studies us to find out what's happening out there. And, and he said most believers don't have spiritual growth goals. Mm. Um, you know, they don't know where they're going spiritually, don't know uh, even what the options are or where they can go. And as a result, they're really not making much spiritual progress. And, Interesting. You know, and then he talked about, well, what really is the destination in spiritual growth? You know, And uh, it, ultimately, it's really about being owned by Christ mm-hmm. is really what he talked about. And he didn't mention this, but, but I kind of liken that to, I believe, our whole spiritual journey is about the word control. And that is, we're given control in the form of free will. And God asks us, out of our love for him, to relinquish that control back to him. Mm. And that, to me, is a simple picture of our walk with Jesus. And, you know, those who are much further down the road than I am seem to have that they're in a much different place where they relinquish that control mm-hmm. much more easily. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Barna went on and then talked about, you know, what, is, what does a disciple really mean? And, you know, we're, we're, we're to create disciples. Well, if we're going to create disciples, we need to become one, right? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, he kind of he had five or six points here. That he said that we are living completely for Christ. We're giving him control of everything. We love God and people. We're pursuing only his will. And we are transformed in all areas, all four areas of our life, and that is our intellect, our emotions, our behavior, and our spirit. Can I pause you a second here on those five points, if I got them down here correctly, taking notes? So living completely for Christ, making it really practical, are we seeking the Lord's guidance in what we do with our money? Are we regarding it as something that He gives us? And from the small things, if you will, to the great things, are we guided by biblical godly principles for how to, uh, you know, and, and what's the benefit if we do that? A whole lot of folks, let's face it, don't seek God, and uh, they're miserable as a result, even if they have an unlimited supply of money. Well, and I would say it goes to our time, it goes to our talents, it goes to, you know, any number of things. And I've got to be honest with you, I'm one of those people who doesn't see God sometimes on, on things. And, um, you know, sometimes I just space on it and my selfish nature takes over. But mm-hmm. it, it is a battle. 
So keep going. But before you do, um, I, I want to just sit and listen to you share this with us with the time that we have. But um, what impressed me also, Jim, was that this is was based upon an extensive study, if I understand or remember correctly. And Barna himself was surprised at what it revealed to him. Yeah, he really was. And, and you know, he, 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 he talked about some of the, the things to kind of set it up. He said that, you know, eventually, you know, this transformation that we're talking about here is really about us eventually dying to sin, self, and society. And, and his studies show that that's really, truly not happening uh, in large measure. You know, he said only 6% of the body of Christ is, is actually tithing. Wow. Uh, you know, only 10% have a biblical worldview. And you know, only 16%, there's, there's such a thing as absolute moral truth. Wow. Uh, um, defined in the we'll Bible, see that playing and, out. and only 23% of all people who say they're, they're uh, Christ followers uh, say their most important relationship is Jesus. And so, obviously, transformation is not taking place. And so he talked about these 10 stops, and he was surprised at the very end, and I'll, I'll share that, um, something that was really interesting at the very end. But uh, do you want me to just kind of go through the Yeah, please stops? do. Please Actually, do. I'm going to throw a wrench into the plan here. I just want to jump back for a moment, if I may, Jim. You know, speaking about this study and, um, you know, the idea of spiritual goals and that not happening or not even entering people's believers' radar, we're assuming that most of these believers are church-going believers, correct? Uh, He didn't specifically say that, but I would assume that is correct. Okay, so even half of them, (laughs) right? So what are the churches doing? I mean, shouldn't that or wouldn't one assume that that would be at the forefront of a priest or a pastor, you know, regardless of denomination, they would want their people to grow closer in relationship to Christ. So I don't know your thoughts on that or if he had any or that's just stunning to me, right? Yeah, and he actually, um, you know, Stephanie, back to your question about whether this is assuming it's church going, I, I believe it is because he talked a lot in the context of the fact that obviously what the church is doing as a whole, the church leaders as a whole, is not effectively producing disciples. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he didn't go into all the, the reasons. I mean, that, that probably could have been an all day talk in and sure. of itself. Sure. Uh, but certainly that is an alarming statistic. And in reality, I mean, it, it just. Just to be honest, I maybe hold a little bit different viewpoint of that, that, you know, it's really easy for for me to point a finger at a priest or a pastor and say, you're not doing your job, but I'm not so sure. I think think part of the problem, this is just Jim talking now, is that we look to others to feed us. Right, right. I think it's really up to each of us to say, you know what, we need to seek after God. No one's going to seek after God for me. And as a community to help each other in that, because I'm sure these church leaders have the heart and the desire for their congregation and their fellow believers to grow deeper in relationship with Christ. You know, the method may not, you know, how, like you use the word, how effective is that? Not, obviously not effective, not working, if these are stats, you know, are what yeah. they are. So, yes, f- absolutely, and I'm glad you brought that up. We, as individuals, need to take accountability 
um, in our walk with the Lord and as a community help and each other. But in particular, I think we also need to recognize how we could we can more effectively help our leaders, our priests, our pastors. Just a note, and then um, please do share with us these 10 stops, which I think are absolutely fascinating for anybody that uh, Barna saw. stop number one for Jim yeah. Lang. Sorry. <laughs> stop. That's funny. <laughs> Good, yeah. So, you know, we're not hitting the mark on a whole. Barna discovered that we're not hitting the mark. We're not in the churches. They're not accomplishing. They're not even goal-oriented or mission-oriented. And, you know, it kind of occurs to me an analogy. We drive it past these businesses. So let's think, in a sense, analogously, of the church as, has, as having a kind of business. You know, if church was a business and being a disciple of Jesus Christ is the currency, we'd be effectively out of business. Most churches would effectively be out of business. You'd have people going there. Uh, they'd be doing the church stuff. They'd be interacting. They'd be making their commitments. But they're not, if they're not producing disciples, they're failing. So I think it's important maybe right out of the gates for us to at least understand that premise and certainly take ownership, and, and uh, all of us are responsible for that. But, you know, at, this, at center stages, um, are we about the mission of Jesus Christ? Are we about being disciples? Is it happening in greater numbers and in greater depth? So anyways, we digress. Please continue. Yeah, no, no, those are excellent, excellent points. And uh, so Barna, in the context of everything that we're talking about here, talked about these 10 stops. And he said every single person on the planet starts at step one and progresses on at some point. And um, so I'm going to just quickly state stops one, two, and three. So imagine you're on a train, uh, you know, a a journey through life, and you're going to stop along the way here in your spiritual journey, and some people will not go any further. So Mm -hmm. somebody's going to die. Everyone's going to die at one of these stops. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So the first one is ignorance of sin. You know, when we're born into the world, we are totally ignorant to this whole concept of sin. So that's where everybody starts. And then stop two is you become aware of sin, but you're indifferent to it. So you say, oh, yeah, I sin, but so what? Mm-hmm. And stop number three is, you know, I'm concerned about the potential effect of this sin on my life. And, you know, start to question, what if there really is a God who cares about you know, my sin. Mm. And so the the unfortunate part of all this is most people, more than 50% of all people, and I've got some statistics to talk about each of these stops here in a second, but most people die on stops one, two, or three. Wow. Never progress further than that. Wow. Yeah, pretty sobering statistic that is. So uh, stop number four is a, a person addresses their sin through accepting Jesus as the payment, the blood of Jesus for the payment for their sin. They're they're born again. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that is stop number four. So that really begins their journey in Jesus. And and it was kind of fascinating to me as I saw myself along this, going through these different stages here. And and the next one really kind of hit me is, you know, once I, I, I came to Christ, my religious activity increased drastically. I started mm-hmm. volunteering for all this stuff at the church and all of this. And that's stop number five, mm-hmm. is this increased religious activity. Because, you know, the light bulb has gone on, and all of a sudden you want to just kind of go out and do everything you possibly can for Jesus and, and that sort of thing. Um, 
And then the interesting thing is, and it happened with me, is number six is you start to have like this holy discontent and you start to say, is this really what this is about? Is being early to church so I can pass out bulletins? Is that really what this whole thing is about? And uh, he said, so people either, this is kind of a somewhat of a pivot point uh, because they either figure out that that there's an answer or they remain stuck in this place of, I want to call it like religiosity. You know, we kind of are in this thing where we just kind of go to church every Sunday, we volunteer, we we do do what we feel we're supposed to do, and that's what it's really supposed to be. And uh, the interesting thing is, um, he said on average it takes 15 to 31 years for people to get to that holy discontent place from the time of their conversion. By wow. his, based on his statistics. Now, obviously, there's some that's much, much faster than that, mm-hmm. and obviously there's some that's, that are much slower than that. But if I, if I could pause you, Jim, for a moment here. So the preceding stop is increased religious activity. It follows coming to know Jesus Christ, being born again, uh, receiving him. So then there's the activity, and uh, let's face it, uh, most pastors, if you ask them the question, what percent of your parish are really active? And they would define active as even just doing one, thing beyond Sunday Mass, Sunday Church, really it's less than 10%. That would be generous, you know. So even the of Mass-going, Church-going folks in the Catholic faith, that's that's less than 10%. But it's helpful, I think, for maybe many of our listeners to who might resonate with, with hope here, folks. If you're in this place of, of one of those church go-getters, which we know is the Annunciation Radio audience, just faith-filled people, and uh, maybe there is a discouragement or, or the word discontent. Maybe there's frustration. Uh, maybe there is, you know, hanging our hat, if you will, on the wrong hook and wondering if there's more or something greater. And uh, what, what delights me before even you going on further is knowing, hey, there's more, there's more here than just church activity. So I just wanted to make that point and connect with anybody who may be thinking that right now that uh, th- there's more. So keep going. Yeah, no, absolutely right. And uh, uh, and one thing, too, to, to mention here that Barna also mentioned is he said these stops don't necessarily happen sequentially. And quite frankly, mm. you may skip a stop. Mm. So you may even skip the increased religious activity and, and start to become wholly discontent or something and then, you know, and then move on to some of the other ones. So, um you know, I, I would say if you if you feel you're at stop number six and you haven't done stop number five, that doesn't mean you have to go back and do stop number five. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yep, yep. So this is really the pivot point right here is, is between stop number six and seven because seven is one that nobody wants to go through, and, and, and it's the place of brokenness. Mm-hmm. And it, it's we, where we are broken of sin, self, and society. And it, it's that place, that season of time that, uh, uh, of tremendous pain and discomfort where we move from being the victim of our circumstances to full surrender. Mm. And, you know, we become so distraught over our self-sufficiency and, and the misinterpretation of grace mm. uh, that, that we no longer try to drive it. And we say, you know what, it's out of my hands. Lord, you have got to rescue me from this mm. place. Mm. Relinquish that control. Don't know how many have been there before, but boy, I certainly have. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there something in that also of an awakening, that brokenness and, dare I say, discomfort um, are part revealed in Jesus Christ are part of the transformation that God is in them, that there's blessedness 
in the brokenness, that we're not apart from God in our brokenness, and maybe the prior steps, for whatever reason, the born-again experience or religious activity, for whatever reason, we may know it in our heads, uh, but not quite connect that to, to be a Christian is to, you know, if you will, find our wounds and our brokenness in Christ, to turn to him in Christ, as Paul certainly did with his, his uh, tribulations and trials. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt. You know, to be honest with you, I, this is kind of a um, a little bit of a, 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 a holy discontent for me. Is that how often do we hear sermons on suffering? Mm. And good point. Every single book of the New Testament tells us that we're to suffer as Christ suffered. I mean, we are called to suffer as He suffered, mm. and that doesn't preach very well when you're trying to fill. <laughs> pews with churchgoers who you want to tithe. and I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's yeah. a hard yeah. message to deliver, but Jesus delivered it quite frequently. Mm-hmm. But needed and needed and needed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I gave a, a sermon um, at our church about a year and a half ago. In, in, in searching this out, I found 10, there's 10 reasons, according to the scripture, and there's probably more, but 10 that I found. Ten reasons how suffering benefits us, mm-hmm. and yet we kind of skip over it because we feel like we're blessed when the Lord gives us a raise and we're able to buy a new car, mm-hmm. and certainly that's a blessing, but we're also blessed when real difficulty strikes because of the, the fruit that can come from that in our lives. Gosh, the Beatitudes, Matthew 5.10, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And the Matthew, as a 6.24, who come after you must deny their very self, take up their cross and follow. Whoever keeps his life will lose it. Whoever loses it for my sake will gain it. Even that word that might capture all of this, sacrifice, sacrifice, literally to make sacred. You know, I pray, Lord, you know, anoint our minds and hearts to think of sacrifice in that way as his hands molding us, literally the brokenness molding us in his image. There's no doubt, no doubt. Unfortunately, you know, if I could have a conversation with God about this and have him kind of reorder things, I would say, you know, I wish you'd have prosperity. (laughs) More like Jesus, but... Yeah. That doesn't seem it doesn't work in my life because yeah. when I have more prosperity, I tend to drift further from God. Right, mm-hmm. right. isn't that and, the truth uh, for all of us? Right, you know, it's in, right. it's that's in those right. moments of suffering that we, you know, are we need our Savior more than ever. And Greg often uses the line, "We're never closer to Christ than when we're suffering." You know, look at that cross and. It, it is so true. It, it's what gives our suffering meaning. It's what draws us to him. It's what, as scripture says, you know, makes up for what is lacking. You know, for us, the great gift that our good and gracious God gives us to be able to unite in that intimate way our sufferings with his that just emboldens that, that building up of the body of Christ even more. And another uh, quote I've said before at here at Annunciation Radio is um, John Paul II's beautiful words, suffering unleashes love. Mm. You know, mm, beautiful. There's just so much, so many places that that can go. But you're right, it's not a popular message, but one that that is needed and gives so much meaning to this side of heaven. 
So we got a 10-stop journey here, folks. We're on Stop 7 and Ignite Radio Live. Blessed to have a tour guide, Jim Lang, with us, talking us through this great research by George Barna, really just uh, abstracting from studying Christians' lives and seeing, you know, 10 stops in the lives of all Christians. And he said, most people die on stops 1, 2, and 3. So we're up to 7 now. We're up to brokenness. And it stuck with me also, Jim, when you and I had uh, lunch talking about this and studying it a little bit. And I remember the stat, but I think you said something to the extent that that very, very few people get past seven, the step of brokenness. Yeah, that's right. And and before I go to that, I just want to share with you something that that Barna said about brokenness. He said people in his his research research really only experience true brokenness through a crisis that truly devastates them. Mm. Um, It's not something anyone can go out and manufacture. Um, we can't teach somebody to become broken. Um, it, it's just something that happens in life. Unfortunately for us, Jesus promised that we're going to have plenty of opportunities because he said in this trouble we will have, or in this life we will have trouble. It's an absolute promise mm-hmm. that we, we're going to have trouble. Mm-hmm. And so in Barna's research, he said the six top common crises that he found that really helped bring people here was divorce, prison, bankruptcy, severe illness, a painful death in the family, or losing all possessions through a natural disaster or something like that. And he said oftentimes people need at least two of these. Uh, It doesn't mean that has to be the case, but he said oftentimes that's what in his study, has needed to happen. Wow. I don't want to pick two. Can I just say that? <laughs> Hand in the air. Don't want Don't want any of those. I'm, I'm, I'm hip. And, yeah. And, and what might that say for many, let's just say, who follow, you know, God's truth and, and find great blessing in a country like ours of possibility? Maybe there's an insight here also, Jim, that, you know, we need to perhaps, in absence of those, maybe realize our radical dependency on God and, in a sense, understand our brokenness or pray for the grace of, of an authentic brokenness without necessarily, you know, uh, experiencing those things that nobody would choose. Absolutely, and I think there's even another side to this, Greg, and, and that is uh, we as the body of Christ, when we see somebody else going mm. through brokenness, it's really easy when someone's in prison or someone's divorced or bankruptcy to, to feel and think like Job's friends and said, oh. you know, what, what sin have you committed to get this? Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about that we don't really think about is in Matthew chapter 4, um, Jesus is led into the desert to be tempted by Satan. And the scripture actually says he's led by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit actually leads him to the desert for this temptation. Wow. So, so it's not like he just stumbled there, and or Satan tempted him to go there. Part of the plan. God took him there for his good, for the testing, and he does the same thing with us. Mm-hmm. And that's not something a lot of people, or some people, probably would disagree with that. But that's what Scripture says. The Global Leadership Summit, and you introduced that to me, and I took my team when I was working for the diocese, and uh, I think one of the powerful talks given, and I forget the founder, what's his name? Uh, Bill Hybels. Bill Hybels. Told the story of his wonderful, faith-filled community that is very mission-focused, the story of somebody who had been to church and had been going through a tremendous crisis, and nobody around him knew that. 
nobody around him going to church every you know every week involved in the church nobody knew his deepest uh tremendous area of uh that was devastating and i think that prompted him to do what a lot of catholic pastors are recognizing increasingly is we've got to have these kind of authentic small communities of people who truly love and care for one another are involved in each other's lives have that quality of mercy where we know each other's warts and struggles and difficulties because we know ours we know theirs and you'll love each other anyways through it and you walk through each other with each other through it i think that's something that just absolutely has to happen you know one of um one of the cautions in all of this dan rogers who's a, a dear friend of mine he is the ceo of cherry street mission ministries and Love does dan. a wonderful job he's been a truth at work member for years and years and he says one of the the biggest issues that he has with the body of christ is that we are so uncomfortable with the sound of uh, the thud sound indicating a life coming to the end of itself that we rush in too quickly to mm. rescue people Interesting. And it keeps them from getting to this broken stage, and we often interfere with the work of God in someone's life. So there's a really fine line of discernment to know how to support people and all of that. And, and he claims through, you know, he, he has research beyond belief uh, dealing with broken people. Wow. And he said the most loving thing we can do is be there when the thud happens and then lovingly help restore them. Mm. And um, so... Not being afraid of it or anything like that, but uh, there's also the the recognizing that, hey, someone's hurting over here, too, or Mm -hmm. someone needs that restoration, that love, and that sort of thing that goes with that. Great, great insights. We have about five minutes left, and I don't want to miss out on the gold, uh, at least this cursory. We'll have to explore this more fully, but um, just want to encourage you uh, lay on lay out the rest for us. We're up to seven brokenness for those who get past it. Real quick, 56% of the people never pass stop three. Never come to Christ. 33% go to 4 and 5 that come to Christ and increase religious activity. 6% make it to stop 6. So that's 95% total. Wow. So people are not willing to cross that threshold of brokenness, and mm-hmm. that keeps them stuck there. Mm-hmm. Don't want to go to step 7. So after step 7 is surrender and submission. That is a We say, you know what, we're no longer driving the boat here. It's out of our hands. And you know, we understand that we're better off for it. And so we surrender. When tough stuff happens, we say, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me in this? Rather than saying, why is this happening to me? Um, step nine is a profound love connection with God. We desire an intimacy with God first and foremost in our lives. And we, our soul begins to be renewed as we do this. We start to experience that peace that surpasses all understanding. And step 10, the final step, is extreme love for people. And this is the thing that, that really surprised Barna was he originally thought it was love for people first and love for God last you know, 9 and 10. And he realized after more research that loving people is impossible unless we have that loving Mm -hmm. connection with God first because people are mostly unlovable. And so he said that is of critical, critical importance. Wow. This is is powerful stuff. Let me ask you... um, what strikes you or what, what has the most the strongest impact on you of this research, Jim, that uh, speaks to you and stays with you? Well, I think it's just the whole thing that we as a church, and I'm not talking about the institutional church, I'm talking about 
you, me, Stephanie, the, the three of us, mm-hmm. we as, a, as, a, as the body of Christ, I think, have gotten really good at the business of marketing salvation. You know, we, we, we say, hey, man, oh. I love somebody to Christ, and, I, and all of this, and it's like we have these pelts on the wall, and we mm-hmm. get some sort of, uh, you know, well, uh, we'll say it's like we're in sales and we're getting a great commission. That's supposed to be funny. But <laughs> like, anyway, but it's, it's, you know, like we get this credit or something like that. And we're not called to make converts. We're called to make disciples. <laughs> and we don't really talk about the, the fine print, the, the stuff that says, you know what, okay, so you want to choose a life of Jesus, before you do, let's count the cost. This is not just a get-out-of-hell free card. Mm, mm. This is really about submission to him wow. and allowing him to change you from the inside out. And the sign of loving him is going to be your obedience to what he says. And, you know, and I think we kind of miss the point that salvation is free, but it comes with a great cost. Mm. And... I think that's just something, you know, sometimes we're just so excited when, when, when we're, we're in the end of helping someone come to the realization of who Jesus is. We happen to be, be there. I mean, the Holy Spirit's doing all of that work, but we happen to be there, and we think that our job is done. And I've got to be honest with you, I've done that before. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is the biggest biggest sticking point here is that we're not called to make converts, we're called to make disciples. I love that. And we increasingly um, use the phrase of cross metrics, looking at the two beams of the cross. The vertical beam is the one that holds up the horizontal. So the vertical beam is deepening discipleship. And uh, if you don't have a deepening discipleship, the intimacy that holds up the horizontal of the multiplying. And uh, Jim, with a with a moment that we have left here, could you please lead us and all of our listeners just in a prayer who are listening right now and yearn to know God more fully and wherever they're at in these stops right now, just uh, for God's grace. Oh, Heavenly Father, you are a good, good Father. You are our daddy. And, Father, I am just so thankful for you. I'm just so thankful for the way that you love us. I'm just so thankful for um, just for giving us a chance, Father, through your son Jesus. Father, I pray that you would wake us up. I pray that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know you better, Lord. Father, help us to not take this incredible gift that you've given us for granted. Father, I'm guilty of that. I am guilty of that. I have taken you for granted. I've taken the incredible cost that Jesus paid for me for granted. Father, I pray that anyone on this on this uh, on the line right now who's out there, I just pray for them right now, Father, that you would. Uh, that you would just bring them to a closer, loving relationship with you. I pray, Father, that you would work in our hearts, that you would just help us to yearn for you more than anything else. Yes, Lord. Father, sometimes it's so confused on how to do that. And I just am so thankful for your word in Jeremiah that says that we just need to seek you with all our heart and we will find you. You don't tell us how, but you know our heart, Father. So just search us and know our hearts, Father. Test us and know our anxious thoughts and just see if there's anything offensive in us, Father, and lead us in the way everlasting. Yes. So, Father, I just 
pray for everyone on this call, everyone on this line right now, Father, that you would just bless them, that you would protect them, that you would draw them near to you, and you would just do a marvelous work in our lives. And we pray all this in the mighty and awesome name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you, Jim. Thanks so much for being with us. Yes, Folks, Jim, thank you. Tune into Ignite Radio Live. Going to a break here. On the other side, Connor Flanagan. Great things to think about. We'll be right back. Did you see the Guardians of the Galaxy? Did you watch the Packer game? How's your portfolio? Pizza is awesome. What we talk about doesn't just reveal what's important to us. It reveals who's important to us. This week, take a risk to grow deeper. Consider throwing in one of these. What's your biggest challenge right now? Hey, what can I pray for you for? What can I do to make your life easier right now? How about joining us for Mass this Sunday? Yeah, and coming over for breakfast. Let's pray the Holy Communion we receive correspond to a holy community we live. This has been a Mass Impact moment. Join the great adventure at massimpact.us. Games are something you play with a board, not with a soul. Let's not sugarcoat this. Satan is getting many to join him through a door called pornography. That door is everywhere a device is. The consequences are devastating. They don't sidestep those who go to Mass. In fact, most practicing Catholic men report falling regularly. Many are addicted. Please listen. Knowing all this is not enough. If you or those you love don't have filtering on your computers or devices, you're playing games with souls. You're leaving the door wide open. Please join us now in shutting that door. Go right now to massimpact.us. Click on Covenant Eyes. That's MassImpact.us, Covenant Eyes. It's a very small price to pay for eternity. When you pray about how God might want you to be a steward with your tithe to make a big difference, please consider the work of Mass Impact, a dynamic Catholic new evangelization movement at the very heart of our church, making a difference in literally thousands of lives. Partner with us now in what recent popes have called the church's most important mission. Go to massimpact.us and click on the Contribute tab. Thank you and God bless. Welcome back to Ignite Radio Live over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. We are delighted to be with you in this very special segment we're calling Faith in Music. Those of you who have been attuned to this program, we had some marvelous segments with Audrey Assad, and we love Audrey. Some phenomenal music, some phenomenal stories. But we have a particular fondness for this outstanding musician, Connor, the one and the only Thank Connor you. Flanagan. <sighs> yes, how you doing tonight, Connor? I'm doing well, Schleters. How are you guys? We're doing fabulous. You know, we are very excited um, to have Connor over the next four weeks sharing with us stories behind what I think truly you are all going to say and pronounce as really amazing music. Now, for the uninitiated, Connor has been to our area a few times. He's friends with a number of folks in our area, Alan Badea and some of those guys he knew at Steubenville. And uh, we knew Connor back in the day at least once in our back porch and when we lived in Erie, Pennsylvania, because he is my, you got to follow, draw a chart here. He is my brother's wife's nephew, which isn't so bad, actually. But um, 
my wife is just looking at me like <laughs> not so bad. Connor's not so bad, or <laughs> no, Connor's not bad. So, so now, now Connor is now Connor is playing the four thousands, and uh, he has a he has a phenomenal new album coming out, but not it hasn't quite hit the scene yet, has it, Connor? It has not. No, it's still it's still in the process. But we're getting close. That's awesome. And, and Connor, what else are you getting close to so that our listeners can be praying for you? Yes, I'm very, very close to being married, just about three and a half weeks away. Woo, 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 woo. So, There's where the real woo-hoo comes in. Praise God. Awesome, and the, yeah. awesome. And the lovely lady's name is? Uh, Katie Herbeck. Katie Herbeck, and I wanted you to say, of course, that last name also. So for a lot of our listeners, you are very familiar with our good brother in Christ, Peter Herbeck, who's up the road. And uh, Katie's uncle is Peter Herbeck. So how exciting, all in the family, our brother Peter up the road, who's very involved in our ministry here. And uh, now I, Peter and I kid that now we can kind of call each other family in more ways than just brother in Christ. <laughs> Which is really cool. So thank you, Connor. We know that you uh, proposed for all of these family bonding opportunities. You are you're so welcome. <laughs> so I have to say to our listeners, we're also tying into this an invitation to all of you listening right now to the most amazing family reunion you will ever partake of. Last year, we had our very first Ignite Catholic Family Festival, an Ignite Catholic Family Festival. High accolades for this wonderful event. Come one, come all, whether you're single, married, big family, whatever the story, you are part of the family, and you will you will really enjoy this. So last year, I was really excited to introduce Connor to a wide audience in this area, and uh, unfortunately, as happens sometimes, the first event, um, you know, planning isn't so great. So Connor becomes the learning event. Exactly. So Connor was at the end of the night, and uh, many younger families had to leave with their kids, and all who were able to stick around. Honestly, they're saying, "Where'd you get this guy from? He's amazing." There should be like thousands of people here listening to Connor. Please bring him back. So we're bringing Connor back with. Um, uh, with and we're going to actually fit move the schedule back so that we can have a, an awesome concert. So you're going to want to hear Connor, the newly married Mr. Connor Flanagan, come out on August 13th. And I'm just going to give a quick plug here: ignitefamily.eventbrite.com. We have a short time registration, significant discount if you go right now to ignitefamily.eventbrite.com. So all of that. Just to set the stage, Connor, and uh, just maybe just a little word, if you wouldn't mind, for any of our listeners who have never experienced you, give us a little snapshot of your own background and your journey deeper in our Catholic faith into Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm currently living out in the Twin Cities. I'm a youth minister. I've been serving uh, the church for about five or six years now in full-time ministry, but I've been involved in both music ministry and retreat work for the last probably 10 years. And, um, you know, my any any success, any desire I've had to write music has stemmed from uh, my relationship with the Lord, which has been instilled in me uh, through my family. You know, I would say primarily my parents, my mom, uh, from a very young age. So to have an event like this uh, that families can come to to be nourished in their faith, uh, is awesome. I my family came last year, so even though I was performing, I got to participate in the event with my family, and it just further uh, showed me how much how important the family is in fostering a faith. And anytime people ask or I give talks or I, I kind of share a little bit more of my story and my journey of faith with the Lord, it all stems 
um, to my immediate family and then the brothers that specifically the brotherhood that I've experienced as I grew up and went to college, but being kind of sharpened by them and called on by them. Uh, and, and that's all that meets where I am now within ministry and music and preparing for marriage. So all, all really good things. Awesome. Awesome. So Connor set up for us, first of all, tell us what song you're going to set up and uh, tell us a little bit of a story behind it before we play it. Yeah. So the first song I'd love to tell you guys about is a song called never alone. Uh, and it is a song off my second album, Close to You. It's a slower song, but um, and this one I wrestled with, wrestled with for a while because I love my, one of my favorite prayers is the Memorare. Mm-hmm. And as I was recording this album, I wanted an album that maybe would reach um, people of other denominations or of, of other faiths um, outside of our Catholic Church. And so I was hesitant at first, like, do I want to put an explicit Marian song on this album? And because uh, she's a huge part of my spiritual life, and she was very present in my first PP. I had one or two songs written specifically about her. And uh, as I was putting the song together, I was able to take the words of the Memorare uh, and craft them in a way uh, that I think really just calls calls us to this beautiful prayer of Lord. Uh, we have this longing uh, to be with you, and and what does that look like? And so this prayer is this song is really that prayer, and it's. It's the words of Our Lady kind of put to music, and I think it's become like a beautiful way to actually pray the Memorare. And, uh, so I find myself playing it often, um, just in my own personal prayer time. Uh, and so it's, a, it's a, a favorite song of mine that I wanted to share with you guys today. Awesome. Thank you so much. We're with Connor Flanagan, Faith in Music segment on our Ignite Radio Live program. And this song is Never Alone. Most gracious virgin that never was it known that anyone who called upon your son was left alone. Remember, almost oh gracious virgin that never was it known that anyone who
with Greg and Stephanie Schleter on Ignite Radio Live on this wonderful Annunciation Radio. That was Connor Flanagan. Um, just awesome. What a beautiful song, Never mm-hmm. Alone, especially during this month of May. Gosh, to think the great gift that our Lord has given to us in Our Lady and that she, as any good mother, she is the best of moms, is always present to us. And I couldn't help but think also of the Hail Mary, even though the prayer was the Memorare, but just the line, pray for us now and at the hour of our death, that she just is so present in everything. You have an opportunity to hear Connor Flanagan in person on August 13th at our second annual Ignite Family Festival, Ignite Catholic Family Festival, to be exact. Um, And you can get more information and register at ignitefamily.eventbrite.com and check it out, too, on massimpact.us, along with all the other wonderful... um, guides and readings and videos we have a new livid video coming for you all to enjoy <laughs> long hiatus. we are back we are back and it's a fun force. one it's a, it fun, is a one. fun one so check it out there but let us um enter into prayer with that beautiful prelude by connor flanagan um and his music is also available at connor flanagan.com i believe connor so. flanagan music i think okay just google them <laughs> Something will come up or contact us. But we love to end our show um, lifting up the intentions that you, our listeners, have submitted to us. So Greg will put a post on his Facebook page, Gregory Schleter, Greg Schleter dot, or Greg Schleter dot. Gregory Schleter Facebook or email us. I need some prayers right now. But just we welcome all of you to uh, post an intention on Greg's Facebook page that we will lift up together with you, our listeners, as we join in prayer through the intercession of Our Lady. So join us now in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we lift up Gigi's intention for retreat this weekend um, for the young adults that she is helping to lead. Mm-hmm. And Lord, that you may use her uh, to touch others, to draw others close to you. Fill her with your spirit. Give her your words and prepare the hearts of those um, who will be there this mm-hmm. weekend. Lord, we join in the prayer of my classmate Tom and Dina who post faithfully every week for my other classmate, our other classmate Augie, who's in stage four cancer, uh, husband and father. Lord, we do pray in the name of Jesus Christ, if it be your will, that he be healed, but that above all he experiences, and all who have cancer right now, Lord, all who are struggling in families, that they're experiencing your, your fatherly arms surrounding them, your comforting presence. Terry lifts up healing for her mom, Susan, who's battling acute my Lord, leukemia, that as she finished her fourth round of chemo um, and approaches a bone marrow biopsy in a few weeks, Lord, that you would just be with her and lay your healing hand upon her. She also lifts up a six-month-old baby boy, Kyle, who had a biopsy today because of a tumor. We lift up his family, Lord, mm-hmm. that you be with them, that the results come back positive, Lord, but that your will be done in, in all things, that um, you just draw them to your heart, and may they know of your faithfulness and presence. We join in Danny's prayer for a Kelly, and I'm going to add to this my friend Peter and others who are struggling with work, being out of a job 
or underemployed, Lord God, or not where they're perhaps meant to be. Just, Lord, that uh, you would uh, appoint them, Lord Jesus, to a place where they can build your kingdom according to the gifts you've given them. And in the interim, Lord, give them abiding trust and confidence in you. And awaken us, Lord, as we pray for this, how we might be occasions of your arms, of your loving presence in whatever ways any of these folks um, we ask in your name. Mary asks prayers for a soon-to-graduate soon to graduate um, student who is having a liver transplant and um, is going into rejection right now, mm-hmm. Lord, that you may be with her and that all will be well. Teresa prays again also for a job. We lift her up. For tuition need for a summer screenwriting program that was recently um, accepted into for Teresa, that that could mm-hmm. come to fruition. And for Brenda's brother-in-law, Mark, who just came out of surgery and will have to be on IV antibiotics for six weeks, Lord, and then possibly have a total knee replacement. Just be with them, Lord. And again, just in that suffering, may they draw close to you. Be Lord over heaven and earth, our hearts, our minds, and our souls. We lift it all up to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week. God bless.